everyone, welcome to episode 16 of Two Friendless Friends. So Kelly and I have actually taken a quick uh, break. So we actually haven't recorded in a few weeks, I think, but we pre-recorded the last few episodes. So that's why from your point of view, we haven't taken a break, but we're back. And today we're going to do an episode on unethical business practices But before we begin, let's do a quick update on our lives and I'll start off with my question that I always do at the beginning of the episode. So Kelly, how are you? Um, pretty good. I mean, it's nearly exam time for anyone that wants like an indication of when this was recorded. So (laughs) as good as this period of time can be, honestly. Have you started preparing for exams yet? No. I have an assignment due in an hour and a bit. But it was I already finished it on Sunday, so it was fine. Oh, okay, easy. That's good. Well ahead of time. When when are your exams? Um beginning of May, so I have my exams on the 1st, the 3rd, and the 5th. And they're all like online yeah everything's online um no so the first one is a 24-hour take-home which is like the best type of exam but it's also like multiple extended responses i think the total word limit was like 5k wait you like those kind of exams (laughs) like i like the take-home part of it but i don't like how they structured it because it's very long. It's just... Wait, what does take-home mean? Like, do they give it to you last week of uni and then tell you this is your exam? Oh, no, no. It's like, um, take-home just means you take it, you do it, and you give it back, like, in a period of time that's, like, much longer than what the exam would normally be. So over a few days, or...? So, mine is a 24-hour one. Oh, okay. So, like, I get 24 hours to work on it at my own pace. See, I don't know if I would like that, though. Because I had to do one for marketing in term one. And originally, it was 12-hour, but then they extended it to 24 hours. And I felt like the the entire day, my mind was just on this thing. And, like, obviously, right? But I I feel like I can't write that much in just 24 hours usually whenever I'm writing something and I feel like with most people too you spread it out with um over a few days right so like yeah like I it's like but (laughs) I sound very weird right now um but basically it's kind of like you know how an essay hand in you would spend multiple days and then exam it's like just straight up write it but the expectations for both are very very different because like something that's an assignment that's like given to you two weeks beforehand they would kind of make sure that um to check more on stuff about how well presented it is and how kind of neat it is because you've had that time to kind of make everything pretty and stuff right and like make sure you don't have any spelling mistakes but like in terms of an exam condition kind of essay writing task they're more expecting like content and analysis than kind of making sure that your writing is like all the best kind of looking that it can be like the best structure like oh you don't you're just like writing very well it's like you're gonna have time to edit in that time in your exam time but it's not as extensive and when marking I think they do take that into account yeah I guess that's true but I also think that in high school the essays that you would write in those 40 minutes you kind of already know what you're going to write because you've oh I guess that's the same with uni like if you were well prepared enough, it would have been easy enough. But I just think that... Uh, it's a case for me. Like, oh, okay. The It's a case and your response. So it's not really like well prepared, but it's still okay. I did a similar one last term 
it was also case and response um, for business law. And that one was under like a strict time limit. That was um, a two hour time limit for two questions. Extended response. How many words per so, question? They didn't say word limit, but I think I wrote too much, apparently, because my friend only wrote, like, 1.5k total for both, I think, from memory, and I wrote, like, 2 point something k total. Whoa, really? You wrote, like, 1k per question? Okay, okay. Seems like... But it was, like, it's business law, like... You have to write a lot. There's a lot to discuss. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know the course, so I'll just go along with it. Anyway, so is that basically what you've been doing? No. Wait. So what oh, have you been doing? N- not really. This. This. There's been so yeah. much. That was just the exam block discussion. Because um, it's been how long since we last recorded? Two to three weeks minimum. Yeah. Well, like the last time we recorded, I don't think I had my shelf yet. Have I even shown you my shelf? I don't think so. But um, over the long weekend, I built a shelf with my dad for my room. And, like, I still haven't, like, properly cleaned up my room and, like, put stuff into it because I've been so busy with other stuff. But it exists now. Actually, I've been wanting to get a shelf for my room too. And then turn it into a vanity slash desk. But I just can't be bothered right now. And I do have a working cupboard. A work- That sounds weird. But I have, I have a cupboard and it works fine. So I just don't see the point in getting a new one. And I feel like that's a problem that I have with a lot of things. So I got a new phone, right? Very recently, like two days ago. And my friend was like, oh, yeah, that's that's good like your old phone was pretty trashy and it was old right but for me if it works then like I just don't see the point in getting a new the point is I for you in your case in your position I would have gotten the phone the moment you spilled water on it (laughs) yeah but then it started working again no but that's still like it's very risky in that case um maybe I don't know about you but maybe because I, I store a lot of stuff on my phone I wouldn't risk it for myself. Oh, like your... Oh, actually, I never thought about that. Like, all the data being erased. Cause in my, yeah, because like, th- there is the possibility, especially when water goes in, it's it could mess up in ways that we cannot fix. Right, okay. Because I was always just thinking about it from a uh, usage point of view. So if I can still call people, which is really the only thing I, I guess like call, text, social media, those are the only things I really use it for. If I can still do those things, then I just don't see the point in getting a new one. Because yes, that old phone wasn't the best in terms of technology and innovation because it's quite, it's like, it was a Samsung S7. So like... The newer phones would have had, like, better camera, better storage, uh, just everything maybe a bit better. But if it works, I just don't. But you have a significant upgrade now, which would last you for a while as well. But then I also... Wait, what colour did you get? Damaged it. I didn't ask. Huh? I damaged my phone... Oh my gosh, I'm so What colour did you get? I got gold. Oh. So I'm planning on, actually, this is a good uh, transition into our episode. So I was thinking of doing something that is possibly slightly unethical. So. Oh, yes. I kind of damaged the phone, right? But yeah. because there's a 14-day refund i was gonna go and say oh can i just get a refund on this phone and then they inspect it yeah but like how well do they inspect it very well like are you going to the apple store yeah yeah that 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 won't work out well for you i think unless you get someone that's very lenient about it 
But I don't know. How did you damage it? Okay. What if? Is this going to be like a um, Flora had a brain fart moment? No. You know, I just won't talk about it. It hasn't been 48 hours yet. (laughs) So so after 48 hours, you'll tell me. No, it actually hurts too much to even like admit to it. So I just will pretend that I don't have a new phone. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work out, but... Wait, this is why you were asking me about my screen protector. No, that wasn't... That happened before I did something. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sad. Tell me after, because I can probably think of a solution for you. But um, otherwise, it will keep going. Okay, so let me ask you a question before we actually get into the topic of uh, unethical practices. So... My question for this episode is, what is a really weird or kind of irrational pet peeve that you have? Um, I feel like this isn't as irrational as some of my other ones, but it's like, you know, when you give really, really kind of explicit directions and like, you're very clear about it. You like specifically tell them like, I'll do this on this line at this point. And they, they start, like, talking back to you and, like, oh, telling you blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, I know that your version doesn't work. I've done this before. I know that this will work. So why don't you just listen to me? And, like, you know that I know what I'm talking about. But I think people like to see it firsthand that it doesn't work. Bef- like No, no, it already didn't work. And I was, like telling them a solution that I have because I ran into a very similar problem before and that solution has worked every single time for everyone else too and everyone was saying the same exact thing and this person just wouldn't listen they kept talking back and saying like oh but like this um the the forum said this and like you test it lightly and I'm like you test it lightly meaning that you do test it rather than not testing it at all, which was what this person was doing. I was, like, very, very angry. I lost all my patience. I just muted myself in that meeting because I would have shouted at at that person. See, now I feel bad for them. Everyone in my group was so done at that point because um, I think we just lost our patience with that person very early on because there were a lot of cases of that person just not meeting deadlines, not meeting expectations that everyone agreed to and everyone set out and, like, kind of everyone had the same amount of workload. Well, like... This is Turtle, right? Yeah. But, like, it's not really same amount of workload. Um, Everyone had the same amount of base workload, but everyone else took on more work to fix up and, like, maintain everything while that person just had his two functions to do and still screwed up hey this might be the last episode we ever hear about turtle because after this you don't have to revisit comp again well like there will be new stuff later on but the assignment is due in well like now now it's one hour and 12 minutes so yeah it was done anyway but yeah it was so frustrating it's just like some people they're like no i get that that's a it's not irrational it's a common pet peeve it's like when you repeat yourself to the point that you're so sick of yourself i guess people just have different levels of patience and some other guy in my group was like so patient and i was like bro how do you do it like he, he lost like he lost it but um he still was able to put on like he sounded very, very patient over the call. But, like, behind the scenes, he was just, like, messaging us. Um, but he was so patient. I was like, this guy is basically an angel. Like, how do you not get pissed? <laughs> um, but, like, what if he did and he just couldn't, 
like he doesn't have the heart to say it no yeah that was it um he was just very very patient on is the that outside. being patient it's like appearing patient and being okay. able to because like the way that he talked as well was very very calm like the entire time so i was like bro how because i just i think like if you were listening to it you could probably tell that i was my voice was getting very you could tell i was getting angry and i was getting pissed and annoyed because the way that i talked i could tell that it was changing from the beginning of the call towards like the middle and then towards the end yeah no i get that but you i are don't like think that too. i sorry i feel like you also manage to sound very not even sound you just don't get angry at people yeah but see that's why i understand where you're coming from but i can't necessarily relate to it so as in like sometimes i can you know like there's there has been situations where like communication just somehow disappears down the drain (laughs) i don't know how but I can't think of a specific scenario. But also, I feel like I'm that person that doesn't understand. No, but things. I feel like I so, feel like when you're given very specific instructions, you just follow them and you try it out for yourself to see if it works, rather than like immediately arguing back or before even checking. So is it that you you get pissed about people not understanding or people just not? listening and like taking on your advice it's like just not listening understanding i can get because like i've taught younger kids before and like if they they let me know that they don't understand what i'm explaining i'll try to think of a different way to explain it to them but like if they straight up just don't take my advice keep making the same mistakes i just get angry and refuse to mark their work little kids though yes and that is why sometimes i do get angry at the i i don't show that i'm angry but like i get frustrated when i'm teaching because and and i know it's not their fault because like it's really up to me to make them understand understanding or like someone um, the harder part but listening is kind of up to them in a sense understanding isn't really up to them so like we can't really get angry at them it's just frustrating when like you can't think of a new way to explain something and they still don't get it yeah my math teacher i i was really convinced that she would get angry at me because i remember she was explaining something once and i just wasn't understanding it i think it was something to do with the tan graphs actually now that i think about it um so she was explaining it and then I was like oh I I actually don't understand and then I thought she would be like she would actually get angry at me but then she said oh uh I'll take this home and think of another explanation and it was just like a light bulb moment like this is what teachers should do yeah that is what teachers are meant to do like just keep trying to find ways to help their students but it's just like when the students aren't willing to learn and they're not willing to kind of improve because I think this is ha- this happens more in like um, when students are, have always been like kind of at the top of their own classes at school and like they've always been told that they're correct. It's harder for them to take criticism. Yeah, maybe they pride it's themselves because, like, on it, um, always being right. I feel like I'm talking too much about this but um so back oh you never did selective trial tests but basically imagine the scenario where like you're just doing trial tests and you keep getting high marks on your writing right like the marker keeps giving you pretty good marks but then um some marker comes along and tells you that your writing sucks how would you feel I feel like I'd blame the other right, the other marker because it's like it doesn't make sense if I've been doing the same thing over and over getting good marks consistently a new marker comes in I suddenly get a bad mark 
It just doesn't fit this pattern. Which marker would you blame? The new one. But what if the new one um, gave you justification and found, like, picked out all your mistakes for you and showed you better ways to write that? I, I think that also comes with maturity because... Yeah, it does. A, a student, especially, like, how old are they? So, like, selective, they're, like, year six, so that's, like, 11, yeah. 12-ish? Do you expect them to really think about it like that? To really analyse their own work and think, oh, possibly I am wrong, when they've been shown multiple times that they are right? They're, and it's they're not just shown, being... they're just told. <laughs> but Okay, yeah. they've been told multiple times that they are right, over and over, and it's just reinforced in their mind that, the thing that they're doing is correct. And they have like more trust in this, in the old marker. Like for example, their high school teacher because they've been with them for a longer time. Yeah. So when this new person comes in, they're going to say, oh, it's it's the marker's fault for giving me the bad mark. Yeah. It's- they don't understand how it happens. Which sucks because like... um. I feel like this is a very big issue with more so tutoring centers than schools. Because I feel like, at least from my experience, schools, the teachers, like, do mark to some standard, set standard. But at tutoring centers, it kind of um, is really up to the marker. Because, um... When I would, it's like you're given like, oh, this part, like this criteria is out of like this much. But the judgment is really up to the marker, which sucks because a lot of the times the markers are just high school students or like early university students who haven't been exposed as much to kind of what standards they should be holding these kids work at to help them improve rather than kind of like telling them oh you're doing fine you don't need to improve because like if you're given a very high mark you're gonna think oh I'm doing fine I don't need to like fix anything and you just throw aside that test paper and never worry about it again but like when you're given a low mark would you take it back and start reflecting on it and see what you could improve so you can get a higher mark next time it also like quantifies improvement as well more so if you mark harsher okay few things i want to say about that one is yes i think it's a really really good idea whenever you uh Whenever you just don't get 100%, even if you get pretty high, you should go back to the person who marks it and ask them uh, for feedback. Because I know that uh, in uni, you can do that. You can book like consultations. And I did that really recently with my uh, essay. I just emailed my tutor and said, hey, is it possible to uh, do a Zoom call so that we can go through feedback and see how I can improve? And that way it doesn't just help you on future assignments in that one course but like similar assignments in other courses too and second point is we kind of touched on this when we did our episode on is can art be judged objectively I think that that was the title but yeah like when there's subjective work like English creative writing there should be a marking criteria always so that even though there's different markers they all kind of have the same standard even though they they have different styles of writing yeah so it just kind of so that's just like an issue with the tutoring system especially like I don't want to like say oh all tutoring places are bad but there are some out there that I have seen, I've gone to and I've worked at where there's the standards don't match up to what they're trying to test. Because, like, I just remember um, when I was doing trial tests, my writing, like, writing was never my strong, strongest subject, right? And it still isn't. But I kept getting really high marks. So my parents were like, oh, Kelly's doing fine. She's going to do fine. And it's out of 20. Guess what mark I got in the actual selective? 15. 11. Oh. I was averaging 18s and 19s at trial test. So, like, it's like 
you got to make sure that the standards that, especially for markers, that the standards you're holding the students to are true to what you're trying to test them for. I think we should move on move on well yeah but i, I wasn't gonna just say i think okay you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was like literally th- the main message um and i think i have a lot to talk yeah. about in the next bit anyway so we should be moving on so back to what flora said at the beginning we're going to talk about um ethical practices in business and i think this also like encounters sustainability which is a very big topic in fashion right now too so, Flora, what was yeah. your um, slightly unethical idea? Really? <laughs> oh. Are we going to dive right into that? Okay. Oh, my God. What if, like, I actually get, like, they trace up this video? Uh, okay. So, so what if in within the uh, 14 days of um, refund... I go refund it. And buy a new one? And buy a new one. Here's the thing. And tell them, I'm only refunding it because I just don't like it. And I go to another store to buy it. Here's the thing. First of all, I personally... Will it work? Wouldn't do that because, like, I'll just try and get it fixed. I don't know what the damage is. But otherwise, honestly, if it's the worker that misses the damage when assessing the refund they screwed up yeah so there's like two sides to it it's like first of all like your how would you feel in the long term if you actually did that i don't i don't think i would have any are you sure yeah because i feel like if you like um if I put myself in your shoes, knowing you, I feel like the moral consequences would eat you up, like, real quick. Because <laughs> you're going to start thinking about, like, oh, what if that employee got fired because of me? What if that employee, like, uh, had to oh sacrifice their pay? Oh, my God, I didn't think pay? about that. No need to bring that part up. I'm just trying to... <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, like, the moral consequence, the consequences in your own brain will eat you up before any other consequences would i feel like it wouldn't honestly and you know what else but knowing you <laughs> highly knowing controversial you. is actually okay I, I also saw this on tiktok so maybe it isn't that controversial but like um never mess with small businesses but when it's a big business that exploits employees and there's like billionaires working at the top who just take all your money then i'm not gonna finish the sentence um also governments too can fall into that category and i i'm not saying anything but i am saying something but i won't actually say it (laughs) and then what what was your point (laughs) what was the point my point is Apple is a big company. And they can take the hit from, like, one little phone. Okay, you know what? Let's just move on. I don't like talking about my damaged phone. It hasn't <laughs> been two days yet. It's okay. Don't mind me just continuously rubbing no, it. it actually hurts. It fine. But <sighs> here's the thing. So recently, I got a case to fight case, right? We're not sponsored. We're not big enough to get sponsors. But... <laughs> um. I got a case of her case and it's pretty expensive. I'll just say that. It was like 50 bucks. Originally like 90, but like it was on sale and then I had some discount code or something. But if I go on AliExpress, I could find the exact same case for $2 with the exact same design. But here's the thing, quality and also like, integrity in terms of like the design is owned by some artist that case defy has actually like acquired instead of like a random company in china kind of printing that's true right so it's like which one would you go with this is the same with like a lot of those fashion brands that kind of mimic the designs of very high like other high-end 
brands like I've seen like so many like those random handbags that like basically have the same design just without the logo and like clothing items with like similar prints I think I honestly would go for the cheaper one because although I hate to admit this I think I would probably one uh cases to me aren't like I feel like I'm fine with using a cheap case like quality wise I don't need it to be that good are you sure yes because says so the one that just damaged her phone <laughs> that's because i didn't have a case though and it wouldn't have damaged honestly if i did have a case if i actually just had something there you know stop this is why i would never use a phone without a case yeah good point the reason that i got my case to fight case i'm trying to justify my purchases that it cost me 50 bucks right but if i and that would prevent me from cracking my phone, the screen of my phone. If I did crack the screen of my phone, which was purchased in Macau, which is the Hong Kong model, which isn't available in Australia, I would have to get the entire phone replaced because it's an entirely different model. So like, it's cheaper for me to just buy the case for 50 bucks. That like is very, very protective. See, $50 case, like that's fine right and you aren't just paying for the quality you're also paying for the protection and like yeah plus the intellectual property too of the people who designed it and yes like it's unethical for a cheap uh a chinese or not even just chinese it's like the developing countries uh who just steal the designs and then create it into their own thing and sometimes they match the quality. I feel like it's too. not even like it's not even just like Chinese. Like I don't want to like kind of hit at specific brands, but there are so many brands now releasing kind of. I think this is more in like the handbags world, but like I see so many designs, and I'm like, that is literally just that very high end bag remade without the logo for a cheaper price I think, lower quality and i don't know how i feel about that i think there's a very fine line between inspiration and just copying so i feel like when you think yeah. about this you think about like fashion whereas for me think of like just guess what would i think about what i'm thinking about like makeup yeah okay so there's the expensive makeup, but then there's like the drugstore makeup, right? Which is basically like, that's the same thing that you see like everywhere else. There's the expensive version, the cheap version. And it's always the cheaper version who steals the yeah expensive. Well, not always, but like in most cases anyway, right? And for me, yeah. sometimes like, yes, it is unethical, right? But then... Isn't that just how businesses work? Yeah, honestly, it is. It's a weird, messed up world. Like, to compete, you just, you see something that's working and you kind of just take it and then change it into your own company's, like, style. So then is that copying? Because essentially you get the idea from the other company. I think, like, in the makeup world, at least from my exposure to it, like um it's like there's there's a limit to how much like how many different types of packaging you could do but not just the packaging it's like so, uh the color story and the actual product itself it's just there's a limit in those in that sense kind of yeah and it's just it's a fine line it's a very very fine line i would argue but <sighs> I don't know, because like when I think of like hand like the, the handbags that I've seen, it's kind of like you could have made any design and you chose to make something that is a very iconic design from a designer. But I think that was the point, right? Yeah, because like you can basically get more sales because people that can't afford to buy that like five thousand dollar bag can buy it for fifty bucks. Colette does it with Gucci. Have you seen? 
Yes, a lot of brands. A lot of brands. Um, there was also Peter and Jane. Um, a lot of the designs are very like Prada or Hermes kind of vibe. Because Peter it's honestly, and Jane. Yeah. Okay. Like, have you know that Prada nylon bag that everyone has? The little nylon bag. Yes. Like the shoulder. It's like, yeah. I think Prada was the first one to do it, but it's so common now that when I see it, I don't necessarily um, correlate it with Prada. And I don't know how I feel about that. I think there's a part of it that laws prevent it to an extent, right? Like you can, you can buy... Yeah, to an extent. It's like, I think the extent is putting the logo on the bag like mimicking the logo of the brand as well we did a whole topic on intellectual property patents and like copyright in management right and yeah i did that in business law as well it just doesn't make sense to me why you have to pay to get rights to your own work and (laughs) have you ever It's it's not really rights to your own work it's rights that like um protect your work isn't it like well, no one else can copy. Yes, but also rights to your own work in terms of the music industry and Taylor Swift because I don't know if you know, but she has to re-record all her albums because her old uh, albums now belong to someone else even though she wrote the songs. And that to me is very unethical. It's like there's really weird laws out there and there's really weird business practices as well. So, like, you know how, like, I feel like there was a period when everyone was getting ads about drop shipping, Like, oh, how easy it is. No, but I don't yes. know why on YouTube there's this always this, ad, like, you know those really poorly filmed ads that are like, oh, so uh, you can also make uh, $10,000 a week by joining my course and where I teach you how to, like, set up your business and everything. And like work oh, like from Skillshare? home. No, not Skillshare. Skillshare, not Skillshare. But like, it's very oh. Skillshare is a proper thing. But it's like random people that like you don't know. And and like um, there's okay. this very common one where like the guy goes like, oh, I'm also verified on Instagram, and like I'm like, why do you need to tell people that? I'm very what on Instagram? Verified on Instagram, like with the tick. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like trying to make himself seem legit and i'm like if you're legit you don't need to tell people that you're legit oh my gosh yeah i was about to say that yeah it's like really weird but um there's been a very big increase in like those kind of ads that i've seen where like people are like oh so i found this product for three dollars for example three dollars fifty and i managed to sell it here for eighteen dollars and, like, I've managed to make, like, 10K a month or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. Without Actually, without doing uh, much work. I feel like those ads have been rolling around a lot more now. I did, actually. So, someone... Uh, I saw an ad recently about Depop. And it was a girl who... Not an ad. It was just a video. And it was a girl who uh, would go thrifting and then style it herself. She... She didn't really do anything to the clothes. She just like took nice pictures with it, styled it nicely, and then resold it on Depop and made a lot of money. And then I sent it to my friend and she said, oh yeah, like that seems really unethical though, because you're taking something that's affordable for people and then just upselling it for nothing. I mean, like you're not increasing the value no, but at all. like... She is. She increased the value of it. But, like, it's, like, the work that you put in when you go thrifting to find the specific items that are trendy right now. And um, I think it's, like, kind of a balance between, like, the work that she put into, like, she saw a potential in those items as well and it's like the time that she put in she converted that to value increasing the price by that much though i don't know how much she increased the price by i don't think 
I think, shoot, well, even if it was like $10 and then resold it for $50, I just don't think that just going 50 out... 50 is extreme. Okay, well, I don't know. I made up those numbers. Let's say like, okay, let's just say like $10 and then she sold it for like $25. That's reasonable because it depending on, it depends on like the um, actual value of the item itself because I don't think the price that she paid at thrift stores will indicate the value of the item. But she added value by styling it and showing people that it's good. And people pay for the convenience of not having to go and sift through old clothes themselves to find those pieces, in a sense. Like, it's the same with dropshipping. Like, on the level of um, just the markup itself, it's like you're paying for the convenience. Because I do understand that ordering from a lot of sites like AliExpress, which I have done, it's like you pay the price where like your items don't arrive that quickly it takes ages it sometimes doesn't match it's not necessarily you don't always get what you're promised by the site and by paying the extra price to the dropshipper you're bypassing that kind of I don't know what to call it but you're kind of saving yourself time and you're paying for that convenience in a sense but at the same time I don't know how to feel about dropshipping because it's also like supporting these manufacturers that are copying like designer brands and like copying other people's kind of designs, not necessarily just from designer brands. So like it's a weird balance. Okay, actually, do you think it's possible to become millionaire slash billionaire? Uh, like an entrepreneur, by following ethical practices. Well, like, from what I've seen, <laughs> no. I don't think like, so either. Has Elon Musk done anything bad? Other than his controversial naming of his child? <laughs> Which is pronounced <laughs> what? Actually, well, his uh, wife and him had a different pronunciation when they talked about it. Yeah, they caught... And, like, it's like, it can't be registered in some states or something, because... Um, it uses special characters and stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know too much about him, but I'm thinking like Jeff Bezos. Think, yeah, like um, if you're thinking like Google, like yeah, like Steve Jobs was yeah, known as Facebook. It's like all of them. There's like you can probably find something that they did. Yeah that the company did like it's really hard on like when you're talking about the scale of their company i don't know but it's like everything everyone has like that's at the top has somewhat benefited from something that's exactly unethical they've all benefited from something that's unethical everyone in the world well like not really okay actually yes but like some a lot of people have benefited from unethical things like, it could be just like un- we unsustain- unsustainable practices like choosing to go for a supplier that you know probably uh treats their workers really bad doesn't let them you know, like you've heard the horror stories, right? Choosing that yeah. supplier over one that actually pays well, treats their workers right. And just so that because they can like, get cheaper prices. From a purely business pers- perspective, it's like you try to minimize the cost. Yeah. So like I and see the justification. Yeah, because it's like the hustle kind of, which <laughs> like, <laughs> which is like questionable. But there's also like big companies can that can like probably properly afford to become sustainable or at least like try. And it's weird because like you know Reformation, the very sustainable bet like they they're like their market is like they're sustainable and very high quality. Which? Reformation. Okay. It's like no. American. But basically it's so expensive. Like, yeah, exactly. Everything that is marketed as very sustainable and, like, is truly sustainable is so expensive. And then when you're given the choice between that versus another product 
and usually it's expensive not necessarily because of the actual like quality of the product but because of the sustainable practices right it's going to be more expensive and then people the consumers most people are going to go for ones that are just cheaper because most people can't afford the sustainable product like exactly if you can afford it i'd say like buy it like if it's sustainable and you can afford it buy it and if you can't then no one is good no one has the right to shame you for like oh not being able to buy a 200 dollar pair of jeans because you can't afford to like because it's not sustainable like you're not being sustainable by not spending 200 dollars on one pair of jeans i also think that people don't feel much guilt about buying from a unethical brand i mean i know that i it's don't because- really either like for example yeah, i definitely don't which is an issue yeah. because like there's there's such a big gap between me the purchaser and people actually being exploited yeah cuz you don't feel the direct consequences like with global warming and stuff like that i think we're all aware of it we all don't want it to happen but the level at which we're our like human instinct is willing to like help out is limited because we're not like 100% directly affected by it it's not like our houses are sinking underwater yeah exactly so until it actually directly (sighs) affects us which is too late (laughs) but yeah it's like until something directly affects the individual they're not as willing to act on it yeah because it's just stories that they're hearing okay well I want to uh, turn this a bit personal now. Have you ever worked for a company that has done something unethical or treated you wrong? I have. Which company was this? The one I just quit. Oh, okay, right. They were paying their markers. They were paying their markers, like, very low. Most of them quit as well because on the last day, I saw that my boss had to, like mark most of the things herself which i'm like sucks to be you this is why you should be willing to pay more money but yeah severely underpaying to like for me at least um i was being paid minimum but it was just not enough for the work i was putting in yeah because you had to do a lot out of work too like yeah and it just couldn't compare with um a lot of other places and also like i just wasn't happy with the quality of the work the quality of the work like the quality of the materials that were being given to the students oh right yeah the resources the issue is so many parents out there they're not as aware of this kind of stuff because they're like they personally don't really know how to tutor their own kids so they would like leave it to the hands of a tutor who may or may not be good yeah and like i guess one of the reasons why a lot of parents put their kids in tutoring centers is because they don't have the time to teach their own kid i know that like um in my parents in a lot of immigrant parents um positions as well they just don't have the ability as well so like even if and the patience (laughs) the patience um I think, like, also, like, if you're teaching your own kid, it's really hard when they're younger because they're less likely to listen. Because kids just yeah, listen yeah. to strangers more for some random reason. <laughs> um, it's true, though. Yeah. And it's just an issue because so many parents aren't really aware of, like, how to check on their kids' results as well. And, like, they don't actually know what's happening. They're just trusting the tutoring centre. So it's, like, the tutoring centre needs to hold itself accountable for, like, the work that it's delivering to the kid, which doesn't happen in many places. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of the parents don't actually know what's happening. And not just with tutoring centres, but with, like, a lot of basically any other place, too. Like... You don't really see what happens behind the scenes. You don't see how the managers treat their employees. You just keep going back for the product itself or, like, the service, right? Yeah. 
and you don't know what like they're paying for that yeah product. there's like that big gap so i work at a place now which i have yeah. mentioned before but like you know in case you forgot i just won't say it but uh, <laughs> i'm 90 percent convinced that i'm being underpaid you are I don't even get like uh what is it called weekend the minimum wage yeah so i'm being paid 19 dollars 50 per hour uh and let's just pretend this was legal right i'm only yes. working there for like three hours and then it takes me like 40 minutes to travel there because public transport but um i just don't think that it's worth it so it's i'm trying not- to look for new jobs anyway but uh, I w- I'm going to look for another job once exams are over. And it's like, if you're not going to, if, if you're at least, okay, so I guess meeting the minimum is what every company should do, right? And then if you yeah. want to be uh, like ethical and good, then you pay above the minimum. So let's say that you're, right now you're just a legal company doing legal things right so you're paying them minimum so if you're Mm. choosing to pay them minimum then at least treat them right but i'm not even getting treated right there because he's he's so angry and impatient and he just says a lot of things that just shouldn't really be said and i get that you might be angry because like your employee doesn't know what they're doing but one if you don't know what I'm doing, maybe it's because you're not really involved in the training process and you don't know the the stage I'm at. And then you just suddenly come in and say, oh, like, how come you don't know this? How come you don't know this? And then he said to me the other day, I'm going to embarrass you in front of the patients if you're not, if you don't know your stuff, which that's messed up. Like what? Excuse me? No, at that moment, I would have just left. And I hate that I have to be put in this position now and I have to bring up the conversation about pay because I I think most people can agree that that conversation is really uncomfortable to talk about. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, no, it's, it's the same for everyone because, like, when money is involved, it's very hard to have a conversation and be like, I deserve more. And also have them accept that because that's the conversation I tried to start. But then my boss was like, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know. Bye-bye. Wait, really? Yeah, that was it. Like, I ended up just working for the rest of the term and left after that. Oh, okay. Wait, I didn't know that you actually, like, brought up that conversation. I did. Um, yeah, it was interesting. But there's also, like, the fact there's... Um, your case is actually more common than you'd expect and there's also the case of people being assigned too much work for the hours that they actually need just are present at work oh yeah it's like Like, i think this is more when bosses are trying to push the limits or like bosses aren't that familiar with the business itself and how to run it properly but it's like being assigned tasks that take that you think all you see is the end product so you don't really see kind of the hours of work behind it and you just go like oh do this 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 and it adds up to hours that are longer than what hours that person is trying is needs to work for which sucks okay so do you think it's okay then for a business to say oh, make sure you learn about these products in your own time. Because I guess that makes sense. Like, to some extent, it's like materials should be provided, training should be provided, and then it's the employee's responsibility to familiarise themselves with the environment. And, like, it's like leeway should be given, some time should be given, practice should be given, because it's not like you can't expect everyone to, like, immediately go, like, oh, I know this is, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like you need some level of time to kind of warm yourself up to the environment itself anyway i had a dream last night 
because I was oh there might is- be like background noise because it's rubbish collection day so if anyone hears anything yes okay <laughs> um <laughs> oh yeah I had a dream so yeah yesterday I had a com- like this this was not part of the dream but yesterday I had a conversation with a friend about uh like being paid right and then it was her that said oh I think that you actually should be getting higher than that so I checked the awards which is also something everyone should do like actually familiarize yourself if you're if you're in the um working field as an employee just make sure you know your rights because it's very 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 common for employers to not know and I feel like a lot of them just they don't know I don't even think they're doing it on purpose or maybe that's just the way that I think but they probably just don't know what they're doing a lot of them like um aren't as aware of like it's like they just don't take the time to like sift through everything that they need to know and all the practices they need to follow it's very hard like on them too because they just don't know every single detail and like sometimes it's like one of those details can come back to bite them i guess that's why we have hr yeah yeah but places uh that's why it's kind of risky to work for like small businesses where you don't have that security. Yeah. Because that's the position I'm in now. Uh, and a lot of places pay you in cash, which yes. can be beneficial for you. Honestly, I don't think you're really losing much. Because it's much. like the lack Yeah, cuz you just you're not just you're just not tied down as much when you're being it paid in cash. It is a problem though when you get older and you want to start um like borrowing money from the bank because they will look at your records and see if you have a stable income and when it's just paid in cash then yeah paid in cash isn't counted as stable yeah um anyway so i had a dream last night yes back to your dream because i was so stressed about this um not stressed i was i was more angry I was like, I hate that I have to be now put in this position where I have to bring up this conversation because why Why is this now on me to do? Like, I love, it's always like, why, on the why employee just... to bring it up though because, like, the employer has no incentive yeah. to bring it up because, like, they just don't exactly. need to pay you as much. Like, they, w- they get more money. Yeah, and it's like, I hate that I have to be the one to do this now, especially, like, why can't you just do the right thing first? So that we all could be fine and moving along with our lives. But no, you just had to go ahead and pay me this little money and then give me three-hour shifts. And then in those three-hour shifts, yell at me for doing this and this and this. Okay, so it's like, what am I getting out of this? Sales experience? Nothing. That's, that's the only reason why I'm staying. Um, anyway, so like, I had a dream that I tried to talk to my employer, but then he got really angry at me. Uh, and apparently he does get really angry when people try to leave the company. And like, why? Just why? leave. Like, <sighs> I'd rather get fired just so I don't have to bring it up, the conversation. No, but like, you need to just bring it up and be like, set your conditions. And like, it's like, if you set your stance and yeah they respect it they're more likely to continue respecting you because it's like you you have to hold them accountable you have to hold others accountable for their actions which is messed up because like people should hold themselves accountable for their own actions i um some advice that i can give out to people not necessarily in the tutoring world because i feel like when you're because it's so I don't know what the reason is, but I think whenever you apply for tutoring companies, they tell you the pay straight away, right? Like you, most of them list it on yeah. their ads, but for a lot of other places, especially retail and sometimes like hospitality cafe jobs. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Like they don't put hourly pay on the yeah. ads. And I think 
if you're going in for the interview, ask them what the pay is. And I know a lot of people say that it's not a good idea to ask, but I think that instead of looking at it as if you're working for the company, it should be like a mutual thing. Like they're benefiting from you too. Like you're an asset to the company. That's why they want to hire you, right? So if that company isn't right for you, just don't drain your soul for it. And that being said, another point is I still have not quit yet. When you get when you get told your pay and you think you deserve more, negotiate first because it's much harder to negotiate once you've started since How it's do you like, negotiate? You'd be like, "Oh, this is what I'm expecting to." And it's like kind of finding a balance between um your what your worth and what they're willing to pay. Because, like, sometimes, like, if you're working for, like, a smaller business, it's harder for them to pay what you're expecting as well. And at the same time, it's, like, you can't always expect the same play from different places. Because there's a lot of factors with, like, sometimes you might get a lot more pay from another place, but you would end up having to travel a lot further. So, like, that can be accounted as well. And um, with actual, like, getting raises once you start working there, this it's a lot less common in a lot of places. And a lot of the time you have to work quite a while before you can get, a, you can, like, get a raise and, like, ask for one and get approved as well. Okay, so I have a family friend who actually worked at the same place I'm working at now. And he said that he got a raise, but it was, like, $1. Do you think that's kind of... <laughs> that's normal, though. Like, um, Is raises it? aren't significant. It's usually, okay. like, a small amount consistently, like, once a year or something like that. So $1 raise is normal? Yeah, a dollar per hour, that adds up. Okay, then. Well, I guess $19 and, like, I'd rather get 20 than 19 yeah, because it does add up. The difference definitely adds up. Yeah. Um, but before we end this episode, I think there was one more sustainability thing, that ethical, sustainable thing that I wanted to talk about. You know how, like, so many, like, of those unethical um, fashion companies have, like, their sustainable line? Yeah. That doesn't make them sustainable. <laughs> but they make, like... It's like they create the sustainable line, but I read this thing. It's like um, there was a big list. There was one that wasn't surprising to me, but the others were because I didn't know them. But H&M. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about H&M when you said that. It's like they have the sustainable line, but that doesn't cancel out like every single other clothing item that they have in their store. Because like the sustainable line, like I think it only makes up like 10% max of what the number of products they have in a way it's better than what other companies are doing yeah but it's like just because you try to do that doesn't save your reputation as being a non-sustainable business yeah because h&m does have a very bad reputation right yeah and zara too zara has a worse reputation i think because um I don't know. I think the markup in Zara is bigger because I just feel like Zara is more expensive than H&M. Wait, Zara is more expensive. Wait, isn't H&M it's more so like much a more cotton expensive. on store and Zara's like could be Maya? Yes. But the thing yeah. is like I think the sustainability level is very low for Zara and I'm pretty sure the cost of their products aren't as high. The markup is more significant in Zara than H&M, I think. I mean, fast fashion, right? Yeah, but, like, it's unavoidable. Like, it's so hard for us to just get products that are sustainable and affordable and, like, at a price point that we are able to pay for. Yeah, because... Because, like, there will always be the companies who try to compete on price. And I think prices will always be, like, mm. money will always and be the biggest 
or like the first uh, factor when you're buying products for most people anyway yeah because it's like although maybe we have seen videos of like the factories in china and stuff like that at the end of the day it's not directly affecting us or people that we personally know so there's no way for us to like actually feel the impact completely which is like just a messed up part of the human brain and like human instinct i guess yeah and i think the brand itself like for example nike I feel like we've heard about the sweatshops, but because Nike is such a prominent, well-established brand and... It's so trendy too, like, um, with brands like... H&M is less so, but because they're more staples, I think. But, like, brands like Zara, Nike, they're very trendy. They appeal to, like, the latest trends in, like, fashion so consumers are very like very very con what what do you call it consumers just really want to have own those products at a lower price especially since yeah, exactly those products will probably not be trendy in a while like they don't want to spend like that much money on it but like i don't get why zara is so expensive is Zara nice I had some, like, the quality is not bad. Like, I got some of this stuff on Boxing Day a couple years back. And they're still in perfect condition. And I've worn them quite a bit. So, I don't really buy clothes, honestly. So, I don't know. I shop way too much. Like, um, I think we'll end on this note. But I had a package arrive this morning. I think that. That that says a lot about me. <laughs> oh, I have one coming tomorrow, actually. Uh, I have another one that should be coming soon. But... <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode on... Half of it was uh, our pet peeves. And then half of it was ethical, sustainable practices in businesses. So if you guys wanted to uh, continue this conversation with us and you found it interesting, leave a comment on the YouTube section or you can DM us on uh, 2.friendlessfriends Instagram. Yep, and don't forget to subscribe, like and comment. Share the podcast with anyone that you think would be interested and follow us Download our episodes and follow us on any podcast app that you're using. We should be available. And and we're actually on episode 16, yes. right? This is 16. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of cool how, like, we're already on 16. Yeah, we've, hit, we've recently hit quite a few milestones. And yeah. So thank you, everyone, yeah. for continuing to click on these videos. I know there are definitely a few uh, viewers and listeners who keep coming back. So... Thanks so much. Thank you. To those friends. And we'll see you in next week's episode. Bye. Bye.